This is 4L with Ryan O'Neill and Rebecca DeCoster. Hey, Ryan. What up? Is that my, sig- is that my signature? Oh, my signature catchphrase. Your signature is, What's up? Sign on what up? Like Spicoli. Ryan, it's my favorite day of the year. Do you want to know why? Why? You don't want to know why. That was a very long pause. You have, you do not care. I was trying to think of something smart ass to say, but I couldn't think of it. You haven't had enough caffeine yet. So it's my favorite day of the year because not only are we having our first guest who is a sitting judge, we have a twofer. We have two of my favorite people in the world and two sitting judges, um, Judge Mary Ellen Brennan of the Oakland County Circuit Court and Judge Jacob James Cunningham of the Oakland County Circuit Court. Thank you for both joining us this morning. I could not be more happy to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. And I apologize for me making it challenging getting this scheduled. Judge Cunningham was way more cooperative in terms of the scheduling. um, and, And I appreciate everybody's patience with me. Well, I'm excited to be here too. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And, and I'm just a third were... wheel along for the ride for this podcast. So, <laughs> well, that's fair because the three of us did work together at one point. Right. In a yeah, y'all yeah. take it from here. I'm just going to sit back and listen. Right. You know Can what? You just... That is true. There's um in in my family when there's three who gather in power, it's the triumvirate, and we kind of have the triumvirate and Ryan this morning. Right. <laughs> yeah. You are feeding into his worst fears about himself. So thank you for that. We like keeping him humble. (laughs) Um, Let me just very briefly for my aunt in North Carolina and my friends in California who have no idea who you are um, and who are our only listeners, by the way, let me just briefly. um, (laughs) That's not true. I listen. Oh, you do. Oh, you're so loyal. I love you so much. Okay, so very briefly, um, Judge Mary Ellen Brennan was, and correct me if I get any of this wrong, but it's right off the Oakland County website, so I'm pretty sure it's correct. Um, You were elected to Oakland County Circuit Court in 2008 and took the bench in 2009, um, where you have served loyally in the family division, thank God, um, for (laughs) since that time, Um, and you are currently the presiding judge of that division, correct? Yes, ma'am. And you were presiding judge of juvenile drug court, but I feel like that got passed to Judge Cunningham and Judge Cunningham, you still have that docket, right? I do. Okay. And then Judge Cunningham was elected in uh, 2018 and took the bench in 2019? Correct. Okay. Um, And you were initially in the family division, but very recently switched over to the civil criminal docket, correct? As of May 24th, yep. And I'm super excited to talk about that transition um, and to have you compare and contrast, not to sound like the SAT, but have you compare and contrast the, the two in your experience so far and maybe what led to that decision, but we'll get there eventually. I'm not gonna put you on the spot immediately. Um, so anything else that you want the general public, which is three people, to know about you that I have not already stated? Um, I guess for me, um, and I just wanted to kind of let folks know that uh, my original um, assignment to the family division was made by the chief judge, but at six years, you, under our family plan, you have the option of 
leaving the family bench and going uh, and presiding over a different kind of docket. But I kind of made that uh, thought about it at year six, year seven, and so on. At year 10, gave it some real serious consideration. But I just felt at that time in, in um, until till now um, that, that there was just more work to be done. I like um, the level of expertise that you develop when you're presiding over a certain type of case day in and day out. And um, so have stayed voluntarily for seven extra <laughs> um, because I, as challenging as the work is, there's something that is still um, feeding my soul, I guess, in terms of working uh, with families and trying to get them to a place that's better than when I meet them when they join our, uh, the family docket. But, well, but if I'll you're going to jump to civil, can you announce that on this podcast so we can bump up our <laughs> well, listeners? Well, that, yeah. that's highly likely. It is. It's highly likely. But, but as good as you're going to get. <laughs> here's, here, here's what's happening. Um, I have an important family event that's happening August 6th. And after that, I am going to prayerfully consider whether or not the time has come. So just come, uh, just come back to the 6th. podcast to do it. We'll We'll do a special episode and... Yeah, we'll do an Sounds emergency good. podcast. Yeah. Well, here, I'll, here first. <laughs> I'll say the same thing to you that I've said before, which is I think it takes a unique person and it's difficult to find a person who not only understands the law that is peculiar to family law, but who psychologically understands that it's mostly psychology, that it's about how people tick, it's about how people work, and it's unusual to find folks who have both of those um, and both of you do which made you and makes you very valuable to the family division and to us as referees and to all of the litigants who run across you but I'll also say that it is exhausting um, compassion fatigue is real and um, sometimes there's only so much you can take <laughs> And that's kind of the moment that I, I really have to, if things that used to get me a little irritated to like a level three, if they're getting me irritated to a level seven now, and it's the same kind of behaviors, whether it's lawyer behavior or litigant behavior, I got to be real about where I, I should be. And, and can I say about Judge Cunningham, because when he ran, um, there was some, some discussion about the fact that he isn't a parent, but I'm like, but he was, he's a family member. I, I believe somebody made the, the indicate he, he doesn't have a family. I'm quite sure he does. I've met his parents. <laughs> he, he has a family. He has a husband. He he's, 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 has a family. Um, but I couldn't agree with you more, referee DeCaster. He was so good at, I mean, you don't have to have a kid to know that the soccer schedule matters and the soccer team matters. And he was always, his instincts were just in, spot on in terms of what is the real issue here? Is it really the soccer team or is it is this a power dynamic where that team so-and-so knows other parents, more parents than mom knows, that type of thing. I'm super good at that work. I don't mean to take him back. Well, to be, to be fair, I was mentored by the best. So I mean, <laughs> I spending four years in Judge Brennan's chambers certainly helped garner that experience. But I think as far as compassion fatigue, as the phrase was used, let me tell you, I, after, on a Wednesday night, after we've all had a big, long, crazy motion call, and it's probably been a full moon too, 
you know, when your spouse asks you, hey, what's for dinner? Oh. I, have, I have no compassion to answer that question left. The, the tank is empty at that point in the day. Um, it's like, feed yourself, figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm also DoorDash. Like just door, just door dash. Here, here's the one thing though about that. That comes with having to make a lot of additional selections on the screen. And <laughs> to be honest, sometimes those additional selections on the screen are overwhelming when you can just talk to somebody on, you know, on the phone. I, I'm just being honest, a lot of clicking. No, yeah, it's a lot to click extra feta when you've had a long day. Yes, or to find extra feta. That's the problem too, is you got to find it on DoorDash. And then by the t on a Wednesday after a lengthy motion call where everyone is just, the world's problems are on your shoulders and you're trying, you've got not just one set of facts, you've got two sets of facts for each case times 30 cases, you know, do the math. And then you're like extra feta. I can't. Can I offer a problem solve? We always have a thing of feta crumbled and <laughs> crumbled in the fridge. So that's just a standard on the grocery list. And that way you don't have to, you don't have to oh. drill down. You that's just, fair, but I think Beto is the, yeah. is the metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> but very practical advice, of True. course, as True. always. So speaking of motion call, that's, I want to kind of talk about um, things that maybe not at a three, but things that do get you to a seven. Um, and I think motion call is a great place to start because that's where a lot of our work starts is in motion call and getting your call sheet for the week and pulling up that first motion. And the first motion has what has been loosely titled a preamble that goes on for, I don't know, three quarters of a page, a page and a half, or it might also be alternatively titled background facts or synopsis and it's or single space too. Oh, of course it's single yeah. space and it's in italics always. It's always in italics to differentiate it from the actual motion. So I have to admit that I feel somewhat guilty about the preamble because I did make a suggestion at one point, like maybe if you're the kind of person whose paragraph one says the parties were divorced in 2010 and I don't get to your actual facts that matter to me until page three and paragraph 17, that you might want to put two or three sentences at the beginning of your motion that just say, this motion is a request to change parenting time because the party's work schedules have changed and um, you know they can no longer facilitate the children's extracurricular activities and we need to fix this. But I did not suggest please give me every background fact ever. Just briefly, is that a do or a don't? Do you want to go first, Judge Cunningham? Because I, I have strong feelings on this topic. Well, then I'm going to let your strong feelings. Yeah, okay, I mean, that is a don't. It. It's a don't. It's a don't. It's a don't. I start, when I open that motion, I go to the back first. I look at relief sought. That's the first thing I look at. What do they want? Then I'm looking for why do they want it? So what do they want frames? Why do they want it? And why are they legally entitled to it? And to me, the motion in the brief is why do they want it? And why are they legally entitled to it? It, it makes me nuts. 
And, and I guess part of this is maybe know your audience. So, because I, I practiced for 18 years before I became a judge and it's frustrating to walk into motion call or zoom into, log into motion call and feel like, has this judge read what I presented? But I can tell you that when you're in front of Judge Brennan or you're in front of Judge Cunningham, the answer is a resounding yes, the judge has read. And whether that is imposter syndrome or whatever it is about my personality, I will not hear a motion without reading it. And so to it, it, it actually puts me back a little bit when I see synopsis or preamble or um, history, brief history. I, if I don't know that I'm going to, I'm going to drill down in the, in the file and find out what I need to find to make a good ruling for the, for the parties or for the, for the party's kids. And I guess I'm kind of expecting that attorneys are, are presuming that about me, that I'm going to read what I need to read historically, if that matters, sometimes it matters and sometimes it doesn't, but it just feels like story time. It feels like they're just taking this opportunity to kind of skew the view of things. It, there's not a meaningful way to respond to the allegations that are in the in the quote unquote preamble. It really is just uh, let me tell you how bad the other side is before you get to the meat of here's what I want today and here's why I should get it today. It, it just it it. I, I'm a, it's a don't, it's a don't, it's a don't for me. It's, it is, it is rarely helpful. It's the opposite. It, it gets me in a frame of mind that it's like, why are they doing this? What, this is not meaningful. So I skim it and then I read their motion very carefully. And, and the way that I prepare is I think similar to the way Judge Cunningham prepares. I read the motion. I wait for a response, and if I get one, that's always super, super helpful. Read the response. Then most often I'm reading the motion again before motion calls so that I really, by the time that I turn my Zoom on at 8.29, I really know where I'm kind of headed. So I didn't mean to get off track, referee DeCoster, but don't, don't, don't on the synopsis preamble history. 100, 100%, 100% agree on, on that entire thing. I, I start from the back. What are they asking for and does their motion support it? Uh, a preamble, the preamble stuff to me just sounds like almost like we're trying to decide who's the worst person on stuff that's irrelevant. Anybody, I mean, now if it's a pro per, I mean, obviously they're not trained in the law like the attorneys are, but the attorneys are though. And the attorneys know if there's a judgment in place, that's controlling, not we got married at Caesar's Palace and it was beautiful. I don't care at all. I, I mean, that, that's just not helpful to, to what, we're, what we're doing today. What is your motion? What are you asking for? And can you support it? And so. speaking of getting married in Caesar's Palace, can I just go completely off track for a moment? This would not be our podcast if we did not mention mm. that yesterday, I think, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez got married in Las Vegas. Love wins Completely sometimes. Different. Oh yeah. Where did they get married? Was it like a chapel? I want yeah, to say a little chapel. white chapel, yeah. I think. Okay. Also, you. you know, a favorite of Britney Spears too, you know. Thank you for Big sharing. Ones. Completely missed that. I, I, I don't think I ever turned the, I just watched 60 Minutes rerun last night, never turned the news on. I really appreciate that information. Um, <laughs> you know what? We watched it. I, I, my opinion about JLo changed from that. It's, it was the, um, what is it when they follow them around? Documentary about like the this Super Bowl. Oh yeah. It, yeah. it, it worth watching. It changed kind of how I view it. Was her. that the one where she was walking down the street in front of her old house and the guy was like, who are you? And yeah. she's like, I used to live here. 
That was good. If I'm thinking, I haven't right seen now, that. I'll have to yeah, watch that. Time, and, it really was time well spent. It was kind of a fourth choice, but we didn't have to pay for it, so we watched it. And really, I, I, it, it changed for the better my opinion of her. It really did. She's so a grinder. She, yeah. she worked hard. She works hard. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you might want to watch it because maybe it'll change your opinion that she's collecting engagement rings like Thanos collects Infinity Stones. That's also a fair analysis, though. I'll, I'll say that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You've got, you got more that stones than J-Lo. Yeah. That is special. I did not have a favorable opinion, but I, I'm telling you, it, cha- it really did change. It was like, man, she has just, she just works and works and works and works. She really does. Yeah. Like, okay. And got so, told no a million times. Right. And you're not good enough and you're not thin enough and you're not smart enough and your voice isn't good like a million times. And she just hey, keeps going. You know, that's, that's anything that's ever ran for this job. They also know that too. You know, I mean, we started with that. Like I, I'm not qualified because I don't have a family. I'm a sponge. Apparently I was a sponge back in the day that just appeared here one day and asked for a job. So yeah, I feel that, you know. <laughs> um, all right. So no on the preamble is what mm-hmm. I'm gathering. Um, and sort of on the same topic where I think both of you sort of indicated that the preamble is a lot of spin and is used a lot of times to trash the other party. Um, And I think we see that in the body of the motion sometimes as well. And I don't know what your response is to that. I'm a very much like, just give me the facts. And if you could delete half of the adjectives and adverbs out of your motion, that would be super helpful. I don't, where do you two fall on that? Judge Cunningham, I'll ask you first. The outrageous conduct of the new wife's sister's friend's brother, and no one, no one cares. There was an altercation. Some names were called, and we need a new order because parenting, the pickup, drop-off's not working. I, I mean, it's not the, the the frustrating thing is is the attorney wasn't there. If they were there, that's a different whole different set of problems. If they if they they weren't there though, and there's there's a fine line, and it's kind of like the discussion about pornography. You you can tell it when you see it. It's the same thing. There's a fine line between advocacy for your client in a way that's effective and meaningful and appropriate decorum for court, and then there is getting paid by the word and not caring at all and just and don't care about your reputation, the 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 business of the court or your client's reputation going forward, and, and just. Because that at one point the attorney is going to be off the case, and then their client's going to be left with a file that's got all this garbage and this filth, this these horrible allegations, and and that's not problem solving. That's not going to fix um, a dynamic because we're all going to be out of the case at some point, or there's going to be a new judge or a new referee or a new attorney involved. But these people are so down the road. There will be a wedding or a graduation or something that requires everyone to get together. And if six months ago there was some allegation that mom was, you know a hooker or something like that, and she obviously wasn't, that's going to be painful at graduation when, you know, little Johnny or Susie's getting up and giving her speech about how great her parents are, you know, that, and, that's and just irreparable. It's, it's yeah. irreparable sometimes. You can't come back from it. And it's like, there are, there are attorneys that practice in the family law area that are absolutely phenomenal at their job. And they understand they're dealing with families and exactly what Judge um, Cunningham just it, it alluded to, that we're leaving at some point in time. I'm not at the kitchen table when they're trying to figure out if they're going to both chip into college or if we're mad and we're not chipping, you know, in towards college because of the things that were said. Um, we're it's we're not dividing businesses. It's 
whether or not there was a marriage, it's still a family when you're talking about issues with minor children. So it, there's still a, a mother dynamic and a dad dynamic and a family that you're trying to deal with. And it's winning the motion, winning the battle at the minute because your thesaurus was more accessible than the other side's thesaurus. Um, say that three times, Judge Cunningham. Uh -huh. um, but it, it, it's not going to be long-term helpful for anybody. And, it, and Judge Cunningham makes a good point as well. You weren't there. Do your best to indicate it, it went south. He, my client alleges that it, he spoke to her in a way that was inappropriate. And in light of that, we need to make some adjustments to things, but it does, it really doesn't need to be, let's annihilate in writing the other side and then I'll be kumbaya at the end and see if we can come up with a consent order. It's just, it's, it's, it's not practical. It's sure. Well, doesn't and work. And that, that brings a good point too, is, is that when you're annihilating someone like that, and then the response comes in, because we read those too, as long as it's timely. Um, and the response comes in and it's, it's peculiar because there's things in it that really would have been interesting to know. I mean, I, I think I give such props to folks that acknowledge their bad facts because that gives you you can rely on so much more and you can you can forge a path so much easier, especially in family, you know, equitable cases. But when you get presented with lists of horribles outside of the preamble, and then you get a response with a list of horribles that were absolutely pertinent and needed to be disclosed. Now you've got not only a crummy motion, I'm trying to really use, I, I use some colorful language sometimes, I'm being really careful because it's a podcast. But um, Ryan but like, said ASS at the beginning of it. So oh, that's true, that's true. Bad. Well, I mean, I wouldn't give me that license, but the point is like when you get a, a, a junk motion and then you get a response that, that really highlights that this is not a one-sided list of horribles, you know, then now you've got a problem with the people. You've also got a problem with the attorneys too. And that's that's not a great place to start your motion at. Hey guys, it's it's Ryan. Um, you know, one one half of this podcast duo here. I, I'm I'm still here. Uh, no, you didn't hear a lot from me, uh, and that's okay. But uh, this was such a great conversation uh, with judges Brennan and Cunningham, uh, and they were so generous with their time that we're making this a two-parter. So this is part one. Look for part two to drop uh, in the future. Maybe you'll hear more from me, but probably not.